I was sitting and I was thinking today, why was this degree so transformative for myself and my life? Just by me graduating, being the first in my family, it can really change other people's worlds. Going to college is a transformational experience, and yet many students find themselves isolated, and many people in the field of higher education wants to know why. It's not just talking about what kind of career that a college degree or certificate can provide them. It's also talking about that intergenerational mobility. This idea that we're building ourselves to something bigger than who we are as an individual. I'm Sally Glickman, co-founder of The Graduate Network and host of our podcast, Moved by Degrees. In season one, The Comebacker's Odyssey, you will hear about the journey of three extraordinary adults, Craig Toombs, Eva Gamez, and Kimberly Lowe Sawyer, who opened our show. They were followed by Dr. Aaron Thompson, president of the Kentucky Council on Postsecondary Education, who will be back with us later in the program. This episode focuses on Eva's journey to a degree. So now, let's meet our star. So my name is Eva Gomez and I am 49 years old. I am from San Antonio, Texas, and I have a bachelor's of applied science and social work. I have three children and I have been married for 21 years. As a teenager, I actually saw myself as helping out people. I remember I was really touched by a social worker at the school who would help ESL students. That really just caught my attention. And her name was Ms. Better. I will never forget her name. And she actually took me by the hand and walked me through and always encouraged me. So I saw myself as actually doing something, like helping somebody, but I didn't have the actual tools how to even begin the process. Like, you know, going to college, I, I didn't really see it as something attainable for myself. It was basically just, you know, it costs a lot of money. So I think that was one of the reasons why a lot of times my parents wouldn't mention it too much because they knew how expensive it would be and they didn't think at the time they could afford it. As you will hear in this episode, Eva's journey to college as an adult was inspired and supported by a collective of mentors, faculty and administrators, and a very special navigator whom Eva calls the angel on my shoulder. Before we dive in, a little context. Navigators are advisors not affiliated with any one institution. Their sole concern is the adult learner's success. From the decision to enroll to the selection of college or program to admission and through to graduation, the navigator walks by their side as a guide and champion. You will hear more about that later. First, let's learn a bit more about Eva. I've been working in, in education over 20-something years um, with ESL students. My first language was Spanish and very proud of it. <laughs> the beginning of my career was actually in San Jose, California. And then once I moved to Texas, I applied for the Northeast Independent School District. And I began in the ESL department as an assistant with the ESL students and refugees. I came across a lady by the name of Vermina Saldivar. She actually worked for a nonprofit. And I would go in there with my ESL students at the high school level to help them 
actually applied for financial aid. And she began to notice um, how patient I was and just how well I worked with the students. And, you know, one day she pulled me aside and said, hey, I just wanted to talk to you and tell you that I would encourage you maybe thinking about going to school and either becoming a teacher or a social worker. And I said, it's really difficult. I have a family and I work. And she said, I understand. She goes, but it's something that is possible. And I said, well, you know, it costs a lot of money. She says, look, I really think you should give it a thought. She told me, you know, if you don't start now, you're going to be in the same place you are today. Time will pass, but you're going to be here in the same place 10 years from now. So think about it. Really think about it. I know how difficult it could be, but it's just once you begin, trust me, you're not going to want to stop till you finish. And it doesn't matter how long it takes you. It's that you actually you know, got yourself that degree. That's what really counts. Eva enrolled in community college and made consistent progress for nearly five years. By that time, her eldest daughter was working toward her bachelor's degree, and Eva was herself nearing completion of her associate's degree. And that's when I met Micaela, who totally just changed my life (laughs) for the best. She came in and in the first five minutes and talking to her, she said she wanted to graduate with her daughter, that her daughter was at Texas State and she wanted to finish up her education and she wanted to graduate like as soon as possible. This is Mika Alarios, formerly of the San Antonio Education Partnerships Upgrade Program and currently my colleague at the Graduate Network. Okay, let's first see what credits you have. What do you want to study? What are your professional career goals? Do you want to take classes in person? Do you want a hybrid format? Are you interested in online learning? And from there, we kept filtering and filtering. And interestingly enough, she tried out one program um, at a university where her daughter was at, and that just wasn't uh, the best fit for her. The universities that I really wanted to go to was Texas State University. But actually, when I went to the school, it became very overwhelming for me, the process itself. Even to get an appointment with an advisor, you had to go to one side of the campus. So I had to go from one office to another in regards to financial aid, you know, especially for an adult, you know, being your first time, uh, you know, it, it can be just too much. You know, I understand it's a is a business just like anything else, but I really truly believe that it is important that they come up with other type of services, not just your financial aid, just the moral support, the actual just being there for them, you know, um, professors really caring about their students. It's just not student 173, you know, no, it's it's actually Eva Gomez or Mary Martinez, you know, it's actually somebody because it, it makes a big difference and it makes you feel confident in your journey and knowing that you have that support. I went to college as a traditional aid student, but one that had no family members to ever go to high school, much less college. And so the idea that I could even go to college was truly a path that I had to figure out. Many combackers are in that situation themselves. Among higher education institutions, Large public ones, where the vast majority of students matriculate, can be particularly daunting. Dr. Aaron Thompson, 
who you met in our opening and leads the Kentucky Council on Postsecondary Education, has effectively and powerfully used his lived experience and the perspectives of post-traditional learners to inform transformative practices in his state. Didn't have a lot of people reaching out to me, counselors and others telling me how to maneuver that. And that's very much the scene of of that takes place for many combackers. Our job is to make sure we do the things like career advising, uh, you know, reaching out to them, helping them understand how they can pay for college even. But as much as anything else, making them feel as if they are a part of a community, that they are not unusual, that they are very much, uh, they very much belong uh, in this cultural and college setting. It's not just talking about what kind of career, what kind of uh, direction that a college degree or certificate can provide for them. It's also talking about that intergenerational mobility. It's talking about this idea that we're building ourselves to something bigger than who we are as an individual. Once they get on your campus, it's about providing those systems to help the student understand that he or she belongs on your campus. And so access and opportunity are really interesting words or concepts, but they have to be operationalized in such a way that it's not universal. What I'm saying to a traditional age student who's second and third generation college doesn't even sound or look like the conversation or that I should be having with a combacker who's been displaced from college once before or someone who's never been to college, or someone who never saw college as an opportunity. While it is fair to say that colleges can continue to evolve their practices in support of student success, there are factors that are at least somewhat out of their direct control. For example, where traditional age students typically have the benefit of multiple options for college presented to them and a group of peers who can be mutually supportive, for many adults, the journey to college is a solitary one. They are not necessarily aware of their choices or even that they have choices about where they attend college. And too many are unaware of how their life experiences can be translated to college credit with the potential to lower their costs and shorten their time to a degree. This is a juncture where a navigator can be critical. Miguel Rios recounts her work with Eva. She has all of these wonderful strengths. She has a ton of work experience, excellent work experience, already you know, serving students and families, and she's bilingual. So we looked at other programs locally that offered that uh, sort of BAS degree program, a program where she could earn credit based on her work life experiences. And that's when we, we talked about Wayland Baptist University as, you know, possibly being a good fit. Because that was another concern is like, what's what's the bottom dollar? Like, what's this going to cost time and money wise? And so it was a lot of the advising process like that with her was kind of typical of working with other students as well. It's like figuring out what people want, figuring out what's available and what what best fits them. Um, and then kind of connecting her to people so that she could ask the questions and then make an informed decision. With an alternative college option that perhaps would be more aligned to where she imagined herself, Eva scheduled a visit. And so I went ahead and actually headed over that way to Wayland University here in San Antonio. I was really surprised and taken back by how they received me. An advisor was actually waiting for me at the time. And, you know, she took me basically under her wing. 
you know, we talked a bit. She asked me what I wanted to do. Um, and then she said, hey, let me go ahead and give you a tour of the campus. So we walked the halls and we just talked and I came across some professors and they took the time to come and introduce themselves to me, ask me, you know, what I would like to do in the future. They just took this interest in me, which really just made me feel so comfortable. It just made me feel a lot more confident. And I just felt secure at the time that this is something that was doable, that I can actually do and go through with it, you know. Eva was fortunate to be matched with a college that was designed for adults. This part of her story made me curious about whether such an environment is possible within a large public university. To find out, I spoke with Dr. Matt Bergman. I think that what has happened in higher education over the past 10 years is um, a little concerning. We have moved towards a very transactional process of operating as institutions. Dr. Bergman is an associate professor at the University of Louisville, where he developed a degree completion program designed specifically for busy adults. Dr. Bergman also is a national leader in promoting prior learning assessment, a program that may award college credit for work experience or demonstrated competencies. This is an important and underutilized tool for adults that can accelerate degree completion. I think the best institutions that have the best retention have created a real sense of community and belonging for their students. And the way to do that is not as easy. So it takes a wide community to connect with individuals from a range of offices, including admissions, financial aid, bursar, registrar. Where we can make make the most impact is with our faculty because they have the most time with our post-traditional or adult learners um, to really create that sense of belonging. And if we are unable to do that pretty early in the process, that's where you're going to see uh, the high levels of attrition and those students uh, stopping out and dropping out again, because they have made a commitment in, in and amongst a crazy range of competing responsibilities to return to the academic setting. And I, I say in our program, it's a solidarity movement. We are in this together, not only as uh, the group of students, but I'm in there with them as a faculty member that we are together. We are colleagues. Uh, I am facilitating, but we are colleagues through the whole process. And there is going to be a range of things that happen to a handful of people in this class that seem absolutely insurmountable. But because we've created this culture, this solidarity movement, when those things occur, we lift one another up. In and among that group of people, the level of empathy and care for one another, that no matter what was going to happen, they had each other's back. And that created that sense of belonging that no one left. No one's leaving. We're sticking together and we're getting through this no matter what. There are all kinds of things going on in our lives, but because we are a cohort or a solidarity movement or a group of people that care so deeply about one another, we're doing this together. Dr. Bergman is amazing. Uh, he was one of my coolest teachers. He was great. Um, he, he's, he's tough, but he's fair. This is Brian Scott, known professionally as Be Still, a rapper, songwriter, producer, actor, and entrepreneur. He stopped out of college when his band, The Nappy Roots, signed to Atlantic Records in 2002. 
Keeping a promise to his mother, B still became a comebacker and earned his bachelor's degree in 2019. And the one thing that I did really learn is that uh, when you're dealing with adults, um, it's tough to teach adults the same way you may teach a child. You know, um, we're adults. We've, we've had life experience. You do need to focus on like pretty much, uh, you know, making sure that the person is ready, you know, to learn, first of all, because uh, if you don't prepare them and get them ready to learn, uh, it's tough for an adult to learn anything. So, you know, it may, it may be easier for a kid, but we need to be ready to do it. Following his graduation, B. Still became an ambassador for Kentucky's Higher Education Scholarship Program. I asked him how his fans have responded to this new dimension of his public persona. It's a lot of love that they're, that they're showing with this program. And um, we're performing in Lexington, uh, Manchester Hall. And after the show, I meet this mother and her child. She's just smiling. The mom's just all happy. And she was like, um, my daughter joined the Work Ready Kentucky Scholarship as a nurse at BCTC. So I just wanted to shout out Kiana. Um, good luck. Congratulations. Uh, man, I mean, I'm proud of you. I'm rooting for you. I was like a proud uncle, you know, getting that moment at the concert where somebody got my message and is in the program right now. So, uh, and the mother, she was so grateful uh, as well because, you know, it, it actually took care of uh, the tuition for her. So, man, it's working. Back to Eva, who not surprisingly enrolled at Wayland and was making rapid progress toward her bachelor's degree. But her devotion to her studies was not without trade offs and sacrifices. And then the unthinkable happened. My parents were very proud of me. My father was diagnosed with cancer, um, colon cancer. And so it was very difficult for me because um, I was actually not only looking after my family, but also, you know, um, just having to go to work and school. Many times I felt very guilty because of the fact that I couldn't be there all the time for my parents to help my mom take care of my dad. I always carried that guilt. Um, so, you know, they were very happy for me going to school. My mom would always tell me, you know, don't worry. I just want you to finish. You've sacrificed so much. You know, you owe this to yourself. Many times I just wanted to give up. But at the same time, I knew. I always remembered that little voice telling me, 10 years from now, you're going to be in the same place. You know, so that's, that's something I always thought about in the back of my head. In October of 2019, I lost my dad. And um, I ended up losing my mom six months after my dad passed. Um, and my mom actually passed away from a brain aneurysm very unexpectedly. And so it was very devastating to me. And I wanted to give up so bad. I just, I just, I didn't see myself even graduating at that point. Just with me having to carry that guilt of not being able to be there for them all the time because of school and work, I just felt I didn't even deserve to graduate at the time. Professors actually noticed. One of my professors, Mr. Proctor, I'll never forget him. He said, look, I just want you to know that we're here for you. You know, we're here for you emotionally, mentally, you know, whatever it is, we're here. Because at the end of the day, if you're not in the right place, 
your head is not in the right place. Not only that, emotionally, you're not in a good place. There's no way you can be a good student, you know? So I just want you to know that. The faculty were not the only ones who were supporting Eva to stay on track. Micaela was constantly keeping in touch with me, reaching out to me. She knew about what was going on with my dad and my parents, you know. She actually was calling me constantly, like, every three months, you know, not constantly every day, but, you know, she would be calling, checking in on me. Hey, Eva, how's it going? Do you need anything? You know, I'm just checking up on you. How's everything? I'm so proud of you. And was that little, you know, angel on my on my shoulder, you know, just watching over me. And that really makes a big difference. Eva graduated in May 2020. She reflected on her experience and how more people like her could be supported. I'm very grateful for, you know, just the opportunity that I was given um, through my journey from the the people that actually played such an important role. And if it wasn't for them, I don't know where I would actually be here today, you know. Not only that, for my university also, um, the, the relationships that I was able to actually make along the way with my professors, advisors, um, and, and just Micaela, if it wasn't for her, um, Fermina Saldivar, you know, um, just helping me out so much and everything they did for me. You know, I, I really, I really think that many times we don't give credit to these nonprofits and a lot of the work that they do. And I think we need to really notice the actual impacts that they're making in this world. Because if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't have maybe the students that we have or we wouldn't have Eva here today, you know? You might recall that Eva was the first in her family to pursue a degree and that her eldest daughter started at Texas State University while her mom was in college. In the spirit of her story, I asked Eva how her journey has impacted members of her extended family. It actually made a big difference in my family, and I noticed there was a positive movement in regards to, they, it started a snowball effect. They started looking into colleges, you know, wanting to go to school, better themselves, and I, I know that education can really impact a family in a positive way. Yes, I know it has, you know, its cons, you know, in regards to the financial part of it. But at the end of the day, it does make a difference. Um, once you set that example, it can really change other people's worlds in your own family. Finally, Eva shared the advice she now frequently offers as an ambassador and mentor for anyone who dreams of continuing their education. I feel more confident than before. I know that anything is possible. You just have to work really hard at it. Never underestimate you. Never underestimate you. If I knew today when I was younger, what this, you know, by me going to school, what a difference it would have made. Trust me, I would have done this when I was younger. You know, I wouldn't have waited this long. <laughs> I would have done this a long time ago to actually, you know, just be that example. But, you know, um, it's never too late. You know, you can start at any age and, and actually change, change a world, change a life, impact somebody's life. 
A huge thank you to Eva Gamez for sharing her story with us. I also want to thank our guests, Miguel Rios, Dr. Aaron Thompson, Dr. Matt Bergman, and Be Still. You can learn more about our work and theirs at movedbydegrees.org. This podcast is produced by me with my colleague, Bridget Strickler, along with Pat Ganley and Michael Schweisheimer of PWP Video. Since the beginning of Graduate, they have been great partners to us and specialize in creating media with a mission. For more of their work, visit pwpvideo.com. Our closing theme song is, of course, by Be Still. Our last full episode in season one is The Invisible Line, which features Craig Toombs and his odyssey. Subscribe and stay up to date wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Sally Glickman, and this is Moved by Degrees. Thank you for listening. Never underestimate you. Never underestimate you. 